Hey, I want to welcome you to Meadows Church Online. My name is Monty. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we understand we got people joining us, not just from the Omaha area, but from across the Midwest, across the nation, and even around the world. So many of you uh, in your living rooms, on your couches, gathering in groups of 10 or less. At least I hope you're doing 10, 10 or less, right? That is the rule. Don't be hiding behind your couch right now, okay? God knows, God can see you. And you need to know if that's you breaking that rule, straight to hell. I mean, that's, I'm just kidding. You actually don't go to hell, but seriously, get out from behind the couch because that's weird. Um, we are excited that you're here. Times are changing by the moment, it seems, almost by the minute in the world that we're living in right now. But I'm gonna tell you something. Something that doesn't change is God, his church, and the mission he's given his church. If you're new, first of all, if this is the first time you've ever stepped into Meadows Church, welcome home. We are so, so, so grateful that you're here. You're not only welcome here, you are wanted here. And I'll, I wanna give you our mission. It's this, leading people to Christ and their God-given purpose. Say purpose. I, I, I didn't hear you, okay? I don't care if you're sitting on your couch. I need to hear you. Say purpose. Please type purpose in the comments. I need to remind you that you have a purpose. In this time that is so crazy and chaotic, a lot of times it's in those times when purpose is revealed. So I'm telling you, you were created on purpose for a purpose. And our goal, our mission is to lead you to Jesus and your God-given purpose. And God, he has been moving. We've seen him move in such dramatic ways, whether it's online or gathering together, God is moving. And we are, we are excited about a series that we're gonna finish out today. And then next week, we start a brand new series, a three-week series leading up to Easter. That's right, Easter hasn't been canceled yet, you know, and it's not going to be. Some things might change a little bit, but, but we're not canceling that, I'll tell you that. And so Easter, next week, we start a brand new series called Faith, Hope, and Love. And I am so excited because if there's a time when we need all three of those elements, it is now faith, hope, and ultimately on Easter, love. Cannot wait for that next week. But back to today and back to actually looking forward to Easter. Um, like I said, some, some activities are changing, right? Like we had an Easter egg extravaganza plan that we were gonna gather you together, bring you to a soccer field, and we were gonna celebrate that way, but that's changed. Now we've decided to take the Easter egg hunt to you. Yeah, that's right. So this is the plan. This is what we're gonna do. We are gonna pack Easter eggs I mean, check these out. This is just the beginning. These kids lean in. These are going to be packed so full of candy, you're not going to see straight for a week. We are going to pack these things full. And after we do that, we're taking it to you. So we're going to go to your homes, and we're actually going to put eggs all around your yard. And if, you're, if your door's open, we might just go in your house and kind of put them in your living room and your, your bedroom. Actually, we're not going to do that because you'd call the police, and that would end bad. So, but we are gonna bring it to you and let you do it in your homes, in your yards. We are gonna let you come. We're gonna put the kits together for you. You can come, you pick up the eggs, you pick up the supplies. They'll all be ready to rock for you. And that is April 4th. So the week before Easter on that Saturday, April 4th from nine to 11, you come to the Beardmore Event Center. That's where we normally would gather for church in Bellevue. You pick these up, we'll give them to you. Drive by, you know, we'll chuck them right in your window. Won't even touch you or anything. So uh, we, we are gonna celebrate Easter one way or another. The tomb is empty, nothing's going to change that. The king is risen, nothing's going to change that. And the word is gonna go forth. We are so, so excited about what God is going to do then, but not only then, today. So with that said, I wanna, I wanna tell you something. So many of you give generously to the church. 
like you give online. Obviously, right now, that's one of the main ways to do it. Uh, you can actually go to the, the website, meadows.church, and select give, or you can text to give. You just can't outgive God. And I want to tell you something. I want to thank you for your generosity because it, it's unbelievable what we get to do with it, things like the Easter egg hunt, but so much more. Today, I, or this week, I gathered with community leaders and talked about ways that we're pouring back into our community through certain foundations that we can help our community, businesses, people, uh, children, families, and we get to do that because of the way you give. So you're giving to life change. You are giving to families. You are giving to community. You are giving to businesses. You are giving to make lives better. That's what you're giving to, just so you know. And from me to you, thank you for doing that because you're impacting lives like you cannot believe. So with that said, I wanna pray for you. And as I pray for you, um, I don't wanna make light of what's going on. I know it's a serious situation and people are struggling health-wise. People are struggling business-wise. Uh, employees getting let go, employers having to let people go, business just shutting down, um, the economy tanking, uh, health officials scrambling. I get it, but God, God's in control and we're gonna go to him. And I'm gonna, pray for, I'm gonna pray for you and the people that you love and our communities. And after that, I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer together. Right in your house, I want you to pray it nice and loud. You might be watching, you might not even know it, that's cool. When we pray that prayer, we'll put the words right up for you. You can read it right off your television or whatever you're watching this on, your computer, whatever it is. But we love, that's a prayer that Jesus taught. And I tell you what, I wanna get as close to him right now as I can because, well, you're gonna find out in the message. There's something about Jesus. There's something about what he wants to do. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your troop and your hope in this time. Father, I lift up everybody watching across computer screens, across phones, across televisions, in their homes, in their small groups. God, I lift them up to you every area, physically, emotionally, spiritually. There are people lonely. There are people scared. There are people that are sick. There are people that are fearful of the future. There are people that have been let go at work and businesses that are closing. God, intervene. Do what only you can do. We trust you. We believe in you. You are our rock. We don't want to just say it, God. We want to, we want to believe it and stand on that rock. And may we do that today, Father. We love you. We thank you for the word that's about to go forth. We thank you for people's lives and what you're doing in and through what's going on, God. And we love you and we want more of you. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we are in a series called Four Letter Words. Now don't act like in the past two weeks you haven't had some four letter words possibly on the tip of your tongue. Don't say it, do not say them. This is church online, but it's still church. But the four letter word we're looking at today closes out this series. And I'm telling you, God's timing is impeccable because I had this plan before this whole virus thing went down and it fits perfectly, go figure. 
The four-letter word, I'm just going to tell you straight up what it is. Lost. Say lost. Lost. See, we are in a season right now where many of us are feeling that way. Lost. And you know what accompanies lost? Feelings of being scared. Feelings of being uncertain. I mean, have you ever been lost? Because I have. I have been lost. So I grew up um, in a a family of six kids. I'm the youngest of six. And we lived on a farm and we didn't have much growing up. And I remember one time we went to Sioux Falls. This was the big city for us in South Dakota. We went to uh, Sioux Falls to shop. And we shopped at a place called Sally's. And Sally's was our all-inclusive department store. We could get clothes. We could get appliances. We could get candy. It was, everything was there. So we loved going there as a kid, but I'll never forget the day. I'm probably six or seven years old. I'll never forget the day that we were there and I got lost. Now, my family is going to be watching this. Some of my family, they're going to be like, I can't believe this happened because you probably didn't even care. I don't even know. But uh, so we're at Sally's and I stumble outside of Sally's a store and I'm, uh, there's, I'm, on, I'm at the street and on the sidewalk. Now, I'm a little directionally challenged. I mean, if you tell me, hey, go to the corner and turn east, I'll be like, just give me a left or a right. Can you? I mean, I, I get a little turned around. Well, I've obviously had that with me a long time because at six or seven years old, I got turned around and I didn't know, I couldn't find my way back to Sally's. And a car pulls up and they must have saw that I was lost. They pull up and it's two guys in this car. And you might think I'm making this up. I am not. I'm telling you this happened. These guys pull up and they can see that I don't know where I'm at. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm looking for Sally's. And they had no idea. I'm like, you don't know Sally's? We come here all the time to shop. Sally's store. And they're looking at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So they're like, you know what they tell me? Well, just get in and we'll help you find it. Now, now kids, if you're listening, you are to do the opposite of what I did because I got in. I know I got in. You might be thinking, gosh, he's so trusting. (laughs) Most of you are thinking, gosh, you're so stupid. And I was, don't do that. I get in the backseat of this car with these guys and they're literally driving around the Sioux Falls area, just, just in this block area. And I, I remember like looking out the car window and all of a sudden I look in the corner of my eye and I see my brother standing right outside Sally's. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. That's my brother. They're Sally's. And they, they, they pull over. They're like, oh, you mean the Salvation Army? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever you're calling it, but it's Sally's to me. I guess it was the Salvation Army. That's where we shopped. And my brother standing out there, they let me out of the car by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. They let me out of the car. My brother has no idea. He's probably like, eh, where you been? I'm like, oh, just in the car with a couple serial killers. That's all. I mean, I get out. My family had no idea. I don't, think, I don't think they had a clue I was gone. I mean, that's just, you know, siblings are interesting, aren't they? I don't know if you're, if you got brothers or sisters, but it's a weird deal. Like, it's like, I'll give you my kidney if you need it, but you go in my bedroom while I'm gone, I'll kill you. You know, it's just crazy. But my family, like, I'll show you a picture. Check this out. This is four of the six kids. Now I'm the one in the middle. I'm the one that's like a, a twisted pretzel. My brother's got my leg. My sister, I've got my sister's hair. My other sister, I don't know. She's just kicking back, enjoying the show. My other two sisters, no clue where they are. Probably starting a fire as far as I know. But it, our family, it was crazy. It was dysfunctional, but it was family. And, I, and I'm here to tell you, I think we have an incredible opportunity right now for family. Now, I'm not really talking about relatives, though that can be the case. I mean, honestly, we've been cooped up with relatives for a week or two. By the way, you're finding out really quick if you didn't already know who the crazy one is, right? There's a crazy in every family. That's why you're looking at each other right now saying, no, it's you, no, it's you. But some of you, you're probably looking at me right now and you're thinking, no, 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 my family's normal. I mean, we don't have any crazy people. Oh, well, maybe, maybe your family members know someone in your family who's crazy. I'm just saying every family 
has a crazy. And this is the time they come out. So, but, but there's also an opportunity in this for family. Let me tell you who this message is for today. It's for anybody that feels scared. Anybody that feels hopeless. Anybody that feels that uncertainty of being lost, that, 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 that sinking feeling of being lost, anybody who feels lost, this is for you because you're not alone. Check this out. Do you know who else felt lost at a crazy time? Jesus's followers. I want to I wanna tell you a story that I believe is going to change you. Um, if you brought a Bible, brought a Bible, you've got Bibles at home. Get them out right now. Now is the time on your mobile device, on your phone. Uh, grab your Bible, whatever it is, and go to Acts. Acts chapter 1. We're going to start in the sixth, sixth verse, okay? So let me tell you where it's at. There's, the New Testament starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, they all tell the story of a man named Jesus. And right after the Gospels in the New Testament, there, there's a book called Acts really stands for actions or the acts of the apostles. This, this is so key to where we're at right now in our world. So in Acts 6, let me set it up. Jesus, he has died, but he's not dead anymore. He has risen. Not only that, but Jesus has hung out and revealed himself to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 40 days after his resurrection. That's where we pick this up. The first sentence, the first verse is going to blow you away. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. You ready? Sam, ready. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Okay, now think about that statement. They're still thinking about Israel being freed. They're still thinking of worldly things. They're still thinking about a kingdom on earth. When Jesus told them time and time again, I haven't come to, about this kingdom. I came to, to establish a new kingdom, a heavenly kingdom. But yet they've seen Jesus die and they've seen him rise and they're still lost. They're still like thinking the same thinking about, aren't you going to do this for us here on earth? And Jesus, Jesus says to them, my father alone, has the authority to set the dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power. Say power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea. And he continues on in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus says these things, and after saying them in verse 9, check this out, he's taken up, into a cloud while they're watching. And they could no longer see him. He disappears into the sky. As they strain to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men, these would be angels, suddenly stood among them. The angels said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Lean into this. Here's the next thing that comes out of their mouth. Jesus has been taken from you. And in that moment, I, I can't even imagine how they felt. Think of the roller coaster of emotions that we've had over the past two, three weeks. Think of them over the past 40 days. So they've seen Jesus crippled, crucified, dead on a cross. After that, they saw him risen. So they go from no hope to hope. And now they go to no hope. It's like Jesus is gone. And I know what he's told them, but they're thinking, Jesus has been taken from us. Now what? 
Everything's been turned upside down. And boy, can I relate. And boy, I bet you can relate too. In this world where we're at today, things have been turned upside down. So how do they respond? Let me go a few verses later and show you what they did. And we need to, we need to grasp this and, and really own this. Listen to what they did. Just skip to verse 14. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus, which that is insane to think that they were there, that they're praying to their brother right now. A few months earlier, they thought he was a lunatic. They would laugh at you if you said he was anything like the son of God. They would scoff at him. And see, something happened. Something happened where the brothers are now in accordance with the others, knowing that there is a power out there, knowing that Jesus is somehow listening and somehow there. And they're praying. There's such power in that. See, they were united in prayer. And so many times, it seems like when things are nuts and things seem like they're all out of order and we have no control, we'll say things like, oh my gosh, I guess all I can do is pray. I guess that's the, that's the you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like that's all I can do. That's, that's the most important thing you can do. That's what I want you to know. In fact, own this. Prayer is not our last resort. Prayer is our first response. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Prayer is not a last resort. It is not. It is our first and most important response. Listen to me. There are people in need right now. There are people confused. There are people frantic. There are people that are panicked. And if you don't think that's true, go to your local grocery store, okay? Just take a little, a little walk down the toilet paper aisle and see if people are in a little panic. It's like a ghost town. It's like, hello, 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 hello. Like, you can't squeeze the Charmin because there ain't no Charmin to squeeze. It ain't there. People are frantic. People are, 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 are kind of just um, panicked right now. But prayer is so powerful in that. And we, this is our time. Now is the time to stand together, isn't it? Now is the time to pray together. Now is the time for the church to be the hope that so many people are looking for. Because despite what you may have read in the headlines, despite what you might see on social media, church isn't canceled. You know why? Because the church isn't a building. The church isn't programs. The church is the people. And Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You can go ahead and drop some praise hands in the comments right now because that's good news. That is, so if the gates of hell aren't going to prevail, here's my guess. It's not a guess either. This virus too shall pass. Now, I don't make light of it. It's a serious situation. And we need to pray like we're talking to each other about it. But I'm telling you, Jesus is on the throne and we are his church. And this is an opportunity. And prayer is not our last resort, but instead it is our first, it is our first response. Let's continue in the scriptures. So after what I just, after they pray, the Holy Spirit, like Jesus promised, comes and it's sent, and it does a miraculous thing like God is in the business of doing, right? So what it does is this. It takes Peter from a guy who would deny 
um, Jesus three times to a guy that is so full of Jesus in him, he stands up and he just starts preaching the word of God boldly because that's what people needed. That's what you need. That's what I need. That's what we need. And Peter's preaching it. And, 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 and he's preaching fire. I mean, it is incredible. And the Holy Spirit is moving and lives are being changed. So let's go to Acts 2, 41. Peter has preached the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. He's preached it, and look what happens. Verse 41 of chapter 2 in Acts. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. So the church goes from about 120 to over 3,000 like that. Stay contagious. This is the title of today's message. In fact, turn to two people in your home right now and say, you're contagious. You're contagious. Tell them, you're contagious. It was contagious what was happening. It was contagious. Type in the comments, I'm contagious. It's okay. I'm contagious. They were contagious. Let's continue. Uh, uh, verse 42. All the believers, all these 3,000 plus, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching which you're doing right now, the, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and of course, to prayer. Because prayer is powerful. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles, say the people, the people. The apostles, the people, perform many miraculous signs and wonders. Can I tell you something? Meadows Church has existed for about two and a half years since we launched. I have seen, we have seen God move miracles through our people like I can't believe. I'm talking, it, it is unbelievable. And just because we're not in a building doesn't mean he's not moving. He wants to move in your life today. It is unbelievable. All the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. Okay, listen to this very carefully. They sold property. They sold their possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, met in homes again for the Lord's Supper, shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those that were being Saved. Say it one more time. It's contagious. It is contagious. What was happening in the early church, in the first church, it was spreading like an airborne disease. And I'm telling you what, it was, it was setting a fire in people. And lives were being dramatically transformed, just like God wants to do today. There was this togetherness. There was this unity. And you might be thinking, yeah, yeah, they had that fellowship. They could meet together. They didn't have to deal with social distancing. Some of you, let's just be honest. Some of you, this social distancing, this is like a, your prayers have been answered. You're like, yes, finally I have an out. It's like now when my friend calls and wants to talk about the seventh guy she's met on match.com and how he's the perfect guy. And she's like wanting to get together, for, get together for coffee for two hours. You can be like, Jenny, I would love to hear all about this guy. He sounds great. Sounds like the one for you. Sounds like a real catch. But you know what? We really can't meet, you know, the whole social distancing thing. We just can't do it. I, I would love to, but we just, we just can't. Oh, what's that? Oh, FaceTime? No, I'm sorry. I, I don't think I have that. Okay, click by. We just, it's an out, isn't it? This whole social distancing thing. But I'm telling you something about the word fellowship. You've heard it a couple times in the scripture. Fellowship, it meant way more than just being together. It did. 
Like, okay, how many of you know that you can be together? Like you can be in the same room physically and not be there. Like some of you, you're doing it right now. So focus, all right? So you can be in the same room. Like guys, I'll pick on us for a second because we're probably a little bit worse than the, than the gals, I think. Um, but when you're talking to your wife or you're talking to your girlfriend or you're talking to an ex and, and, and you know, She's just telling you uh, 15,000 words a minute what's going on and you're in your zone and then you hear these words. Are you even listening? And it's like, it's like and, then you, and then you know what she's going to ask next because you're like, yeah, babe, of course I'm listening. Of course, I'm, yes. You know what she's going to ask next, right? Well, what did I just say? And then you about poop yourself, don't you? Because it's like, what did I just say? What did I just say? And you're like, well, what you just said is uh, you just... Um, well, you just asked me if I was listening. No, before that. Well, okay, now we're in trouble. So it, it, you can be somewhere and not be there. Fellowship is way bigger than being together. Fellowship means they had in common. I'll tell you something. What we're finding out right now in what's going on in our world, we really have a lot in common. Like, I get we're all different. I get we're all unique. I get we're all made a certain special way. But yet, we all have fears. We all have um, thoughts. We all have hopes. We all have things we're, we're wanting. We all have a purpose. We all want to know God's We all have so much in common. That's what was the power of them, having things in common. And we need each other, especially now. We need to pray together. We need to encourage each other. We need to be generous with each other. Notice, remember what they said? It said they shared. They didn't hoard. No, they shared everything they had. In one translation, it says, there were no needs among them. No needs among them. Do you know what that phrase, you know what that phrase means in the Greek? It means there was enough toilet paper for everybody. In other words, like you get a roll and you get a roll and you get a roll. Oh my gosh, where's Oprah when we need her? You get a roll and you get a car. So there was rolls of toilet paper for everybody. This was the church. I cannot help but think, and I've been thinking it since this whole thing began. God, what do you want to do? Like I've, I've never seen so many comments about prayer. I love it. And I think God loves it. Now, understand something. I don't believe that, like, again, I don't, I don't think God's like, I'm going to send this to really, no, I just think things happen in life. We live in a world that's fallen, but I, I, I cling to Romans 8, 28, in all things, God works for the good. And I believe with everything in me that God wants to do something so supernatural on this through our prayers, through the way we love. And he's teaching us how to, to pray. He's teaching us how to encourage. He's teaching us how to unite. He's teaching us how to love. He's teaching us how to be truly contagious. That's what he wants to do. So what I'm about to say is one of the main things I need you to own. I need you to own this because we are facing opposition. You know it and I know it. But I'm telling you, with opposition comes opportunity. With opposition comes opportunity. I, there is opportunity in this. There is. Things are changing all the time and you know it and we see it. You don't have, I mean, it, every moment it's changing, but it was no different for the first church. It was no different. Things changed then too. Like you might think, all right, well, the Holy Spirit came. They're praying together. People are getting saved. It was just great. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something about what's happening in the first church? Well, actually, let me give you a scripture to help it out. 
Put up verse 46. Verse 46, remember what it said? They worship together at the temple each day. See, this is what they've always done. We always go to the temple. We always worship in the temple multiple times a day. This is all they'd ever done all their life. So they're still doing it. But, but, but soon they wouldn't be. Do you know why? It wasn't because they decided to make a decision to, oh, God's given us a new plan and we're going to go reach people and we're going to go change the world. That's what they were supposed to do. But they were really, their hand was forced to do it. See, a new normal was coming for them. And it was because of opposition. See, what was happening is the Jews that would believe that Jesus is the son of God, they were still going to the temple every day, just like the word of God says. But the Jews that didn't believe were going to the temple too. And soon there was a clash and there was friction, as you can imagine. And soon by the end of the first century, the Jews that would believe that Jesus was the Messiah, the son of God, would be excommunicated from the church. There was no going to the gathering. There was no going to a building. There was no going to church together like we're used to doing. Boy, does this sound familiar? Well, they were forced underground. They were forced into homes. They were forced to be on the couch with their brother. I mean, they were, this was not easy. But what was God doing? What, what did God do in it? It forced the, 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 the believers, the Christians, the early church, it forced them to branch out. It forced them to meet in home, at home, and home. It forced them to do that. It was persecution that would spread the first church. It wasn't because Peter and John got together and put together a strategy plan of evangelism. It was because they were forced to do it. They were getting persecuted. They were kicked out of the temple. They couldn't meet anymore, but yet it spread like it was contagious. It couldn't stop them. In fact, what it did, it added fuel to the fire. Oh God, would you put some fuel on our fire today? Would you? Would you move and do something in us today? Would you help us see the opportunity in the opposition? God, opposition brings opportunity. That opposition forced them to do something that they would not otherwise do. Say contagious. Say contagious. Type contagious. It was contagious. I will never forget opposition. I will never forget one of the biggest moments of opposition I ever faced. Now, if you're a part of Meadows family that you've been coming for a while, you maybe know a little bit of the story, but if you don't, you need to know that about 12 years ago, I was a slave to addiction. So I'm in addiction. I'm in, I'm in my sin. I'm in my selfishness. And I need to tell you something. I was facing opposition that I, that I thought would, would be the end of me and the death of me. And I, I, I'll never forget, so I went to rehab a couple times just because it was so fun, not. Um, but I go to rehab a couple times because I was so desperate. I remember being in a situation where I was like, either I die this way or something has to change. And say opposition. The opposition was unbelievable. And death was an option. So I go to rehab not once, but twice. After rehab, I remember going to a 12-step program, and I'll never forget what a guy said. We're standing there, and he's up talking. My name is so-and-so. Hey, so-and-so. You know, maybe you don't know, but anyway, that's how you do it. So, and he's telling his story, and he says, uh, my name is so-and-so, and I'm a grateful drug addict. Ow, ow. I wanted to get up and punch him right in the face. I'm not kidding you but he was bigger than me, so I, I didn't do that. But, uh, but I wanted to. I thought, grateful? You're, you're grateful? Like, I don't have to look any further than my wife's eyes or my children. You're grateful? 
for, for this, for this, this. I was just, I was just sick when he said it. Now I, now I get it though. Now I get it. He wasn't grateful for the sickness itself, but grateful for what the sickness did in him or compelled him to or brought him to. See, God would use an addiction, not because his plan was to riddle me with addiction. I made a lot of stupid decisions and I'm still pretty good at it, unfortunately, but grateful. I'd never tell you I'm grateful for a virus that's spreading over our world. I'm not grateful for that. I'm hopeful that God's going to do something in this opposition, that with the opposition comes opportunity. And now I look back at my life and I, I remember getting out of rehab that second time and going to those 12 step meetings and finally knowing God was leading me back to his bride. That would be his church. See, I, I didn't go to church. I, I went, grew up going to church, but I left after I left high school. And I thought, you know what? I just need Jesus. I don't need the church. I don't need the people. I don't need religion. It's funny. Years later and through an addiction, he brought me back to his church. I remember walking in just on feeble legs, barely making it, barely just, I mean, just one decision away again from ruining everything and close to making that decision. And I walk into a church and a church that would welcome me. Like a church that told me to keep coming back even though they knew I was a wreck and knew that I was on the verge of just more destruction. They just kept loving me. So the opposition brought an opportunity to bring me back to the bride of, of Jesus, to his church. And I started to learn more about this, what this church was. And I started to think maybe there is hope for me. Maybe I can be a good dad, even though I don't feel like I am most days. And maybe I can be this good husband. And maybe I can be a contributor. And maybe I can actually help others, though I can barely seem to help myself. Maybe through opposition, there is an opportunity. And this church, I, I would have never walked into that church if it wasn't for my addiction. I know it. I'm not grateful for the addiction. It almost killed me. And I pray that you never have to go through anything like that, though I know many are. I am grateful what it led me to. A church that would welcome us, like I told you, me and my family. A church, a church that would encourage us and say, keep coming back, keep coming back. We love you. Keep coming back. A church that believed in me and believed in my family. A church that would pray for me and pray for my family. A church that would continually love us and then point us to a Jesus that loved us even more. I need, to, I need you to know something. It's always darkest before the dawn, okay? But it's in that darkness when God's light shines the brightest. And this church is the dawn of a new day. It is a new day. Say new day. Shout new day. Who cares what your apartment says? I don't New day. Type it in. Own this day as your new day. This is a new day. On this rock, I will stand. Everything else is thinking sand. God, do something that only you can do. It starts with prayer. It's not our last resort. It's our first response. And that's what we're going to do today. But then it leads us to opportunity. So what's your opportunity today? I want to, I want to do something for you. I want to lead you to your purpose. I want to guide you in your hurts, in your struggles. This is what I want to do for you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. See, some of you watching right now, you're desperate need of prayer, and you can't remember the last time someone's prayed with you or for you. That ends today. We're going to pray for you. 
and, and, and you can, what I would love, there's a couple things, a couple options. You can actually write your prayer, write in comments right now. And we will pray over that prayer right now. Just drop it right in comments. Whatever you want us to pray for, we'll do it. Because we love you and God loves you more. Okay? Maybe your prayer is private. Maybe you're like, I don't want to put it out there like that. I get it. You can actually go to our website, meadows.church, and click on the prayer tab. That, that's private. That's secure. You can type in your prayer. We have a prayer warriors that will pray with you. Let us do that. Lastly, maybe you want us just to talk to you and pray with you voice to voice. We are a relational church. We will. You drop a message in that same link under prayer on the website. Tell us, hey, call me. Here's my number. I need, I need a pastor to pray with me right now. I'm hurting. I'm scared. I'm struggling. We want to pray with you. Let us do that. Please let us do that. That's why we're here. You've got purpose, but purpose doesn't happen without prayer. Let us pray for you. Number two, we truly want to do life with you. Fellowship. Remember, it's not just being together. It, it's, it's having things in common. And we have more in common than we do not. That I know. So we call them life groups because they add life to you. And most of our life groups, the beauty of technology, well, they're meeting virtually through FaceTime and Zoom calls and these, these ways that we can still connect face-to-face and voice-to-voice, even though we maybe can't be in the same room. That's the beauty of why God's given us the technology. He knew this was coming. He saw this coming. This doesn't surprise him. And he's given us some tools that we need to continually connect to each other and encourage each other and love each other and help each other and be the church. Let us connect with you. Okay, you can go to the website, meadows.church, select life groups. You can see them all. And you can connect with the leader ask questions. A few of them might even meet right now at homes if they're under 10, but a lot of them meet virtually. Don't do life alone. You don't have to. I don't care if you're in another state or another country. That's the beauty of what we have. We can do life together and you're going to be tempted to just watch this and say, oh no, I don't need that. You do need it. You do need it. And we need you. I want we can't do this alone. We need each other. We weren't created to do it alone. Let us walk with you. Let us do that. We want to pray for you. We want to do life with you. But not only that, let me give you, let me give you, let me feed you one more scripture. Do you remember Acts 2.41 when when Peter preached and 3,000 came to Jesus? Remember that? Right before that, I want to take you there. Acts 2. Let me see the verse. I think it's 38, 37. Listen to this. Peter's just preached, remember? Now he's just preached. Peter's words pierced their hearts. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us right now. And the Word of God is piercing your heart. I believe it. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Do you know how many people are saying that right now? Do you know how many businesses are saying that? How many employers, employees? How many people that are sick? How many people that are helping the sick? You know how many people that are just reeling and their question is, what do we do? What should we do? That's what they said. The word of God went forth just like it's going forth today. And they asked the same question that you're asking. What should we do? Listen to what Peter says. Each of you must repent. Each of you must repent of your sins. Turn to God. That's all that repent means. It doesn't mean that God's mad at you. It doesn't mean that he's he's ready to just, you know, uh, damn you to hell. It means he loves you so much. He wants to bring you to heaven. That's what it means. 
Repent just means, my, in me, it was like, I'm, a, I'm an addict. I keep using, I keep hurting people. I tried hundreds of times to quit, hundreds. But until I truly took it upon myself and said, God, I need you and then I'll move. And I finally moved. See, you can't take a new path without leaving a different path. You have to leave a path if you want to take something new. And I would stay on the same path and I'd be like, God, I'm ready to start living. I'm ready to start uh, living this life for my family and myself. And I kept doing the same things. Why? Because I wouldn't leave that path. Repent. Take a different path. See, the grace of God, we are saved by God's grace. That's what saved them. But it was through their faith. They had to receive it by faith. Peter just didn't preach and it, it didn't say, oh, they're all saved because Peter preached it. No, they had to do something. It's not earning your salvation. It's receiving it by faith. They had to do something and Peter told them, turn. And if there's ever a time that God has got our attention, I think, it's now. It's like we have less things to do, less to work. To, and God is saying, okay, examine your life for the unexamined life is not worth living. Examine your life. In what areas do you need to repent? Do you need to turn and take a different path? I've got them in my life. I still got them today more than I would even care to share with you. And I know you do too. But remember what we said? It's a new day. What must we do, Peter? Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. Jesus came. Jesus died for us, for you and me. Jesus rose. The greatest miracle in history that we, we should celebrate every day, not just once a year. Jesus rose. And because of the resurrection, you and I have hope. But must, what must we do? Believe, first of all, and turn, repent. What do you need to stop doing? Is it addiction? Is it a secret sin? Is it the way that you speak, the way that you think, the way that you talk? Your actions, maybe something you're doing that you know isn't right and it's hurting you, it's killing your family. Today is the day you can turn and you don't have to do it alone, we'll help you. They went from lost to found. How? Well, they received the words that Peter gave them, the words that Jesus came to save all people. But we must do something. By faith, we must turn. We must repent. Today is the day, now is the time. Turn, this is your hope. This is what I want you to know. Because I'm telling you, the more that you watch the news, the more that you look to the world for hope, like if you're, wait, if you're waiting for the government to make things right, like if you're waiting for the government to straighten out the world, you'll be waiting a long time. Because the government does not have the power to change the world. No, no, no. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ can do that. And I believe that is exactly what God wants to do. You can shout in your house. You can do the praise hands. You can get crazy because God's just getting started. God is just getting started. I'm going to pray for you. This is big. Of all the things we've talked about, this is the biggest. The gospel that I just shared, the gospel that Peter shared that day that saved people from themselves and from their sin and from hell is the same gospel that's presented to you today. Yet I know many of you watching, you believe. You believe in Jesus. You believe in the, the, the story of Easter, that there, the resurrection and all that. My question is though, it says, what must we do?
the first thing Peter said, you must repent. You must turn. It's one thing to believe, but it's another to say, I'm taking a new path. I'm taking this path. I don't want to be lost anymore. I know I believe, but I don't want it just up here. I want it here. I want it here, and I want it to go here, and it can. So if this is you, if the, if the Spirit is working on you, and I know He is, I'm going to pray for you right now. I need you to receive this, and I'm going to tell you what to do after this prayer. But Father, I thank you so much for the, for the gospel for the hope that we have, for the revelation that is happening. You're not on the throne wondering what to do. You're doing it through your church. God, may we be a church that will love in such a supernatural way that people will know that it's okay to not be okay. They will know that they're not going to be judged, but they're going to be loved right where they're at. They will know that we want to pray with them and for them. They will know that we truly want to do life together through the context of groups and technology. They will know that you're not done with them, Father. The gospel of Jesus says he did come and he is your son and that he would die a very, very horrible death. But to rise three days later and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that is the key. And if the people listening, God, and that are praying in accordance with this prayer will believe in the resurrection and say by faith, they want your Holy Spirit to enter into them and make them new. You call that a recommitment. You call it a commitment. You call it surrender. God, I just call it new life. And they want that new life, God, by faith. I pray they receive it right now, that they believe in Jesus as God's son, died, rose, risen, King, Savior, and that they'll repent and start turning away from the old ways of life and start living the way that you want them to live and start getting in the word and, and soaking you in and letting you change them from the inside out. It will happen. You can't get close to you and not change. God, we thank you for your word and your truth and your love. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we all say, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I need you to type three words, be the biggest three words you ever put down on a computer. I have decided. That's it. I have decided. It doesn't matter what anybody else types. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. This is between you and the king, the king who died for you and loves you. Type, I have decided, and we will celebrate with you and we will love you, and we will walk with you, and we will never give up on you, and neither will God. I have decided. Drop it in comments. Let us know. Let us celebrate. Understand this. When it comes to being contagious, well, there's good and bad, isn't there? There's good and bad. Virus, it's bad. Sin is bad. Negativity, that's contagious. That's bad. You know what else is highly contagious, though? Unity. Love. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Gentleness. Generosity. That is contagious. And we're not waiting for that. We're not waiting to catch it. We are the carrier. We are the church. We are the family. We've got that. And with that, we know it and we believe it. The best, what's well, yet to come. Because the best is always yet to come when Jesus is at the center. And my prayer for you is that through a world that's been turned upside down and abnormal, that we'll, net it, we'll never let it get back to the normal that it was. Not, not, not all the way. Let God do something. 
opposition. It brings opportunity. I don't want what I've had. I want what Jesus has for me. And I believe you do too. Father, thank you so much for your word and your truth that has gone forth. I thank you so much for the decisions that have been made for you. I have decided. I thank you so much for all the prayers that are getting submitted, even as I pray this prayer. I thank you so much for your spirit and your, and your power moving forth in and through people who have received your Holy Spirit. I thank you so much for the, for the hundreds, if not thousands of people that will be joining groups and doing community and doing life together. This is an opportunity. I thank you so much for your word and your truth that says this, I am leaving you with a gift. This is what your son Jesus said. I leave you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is not like the world gives you. It can't give it to us. So you say, don't be troubled or afraid, God. Give us that peace right now. Thank you for your word and your truth. We love you. We give you glory. And we will never stop believing, declaring, proclaiming that in you, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. God bless you. We want to invite you to be part of our family and subscribe so you don't miss a single update or message. But not only that, I would encourage you, share this message with a friend. I mean, you and I both know so many people out there are struggling. I mean, they're seeking answers, searching for hope, looking for purpose. That's right, you were created on purpose for a purpose and we would love to walk with you in your journey. I hope you know that you are valuable and you are loved. And we believe that for you, the best is yet to come. God bless you.